That's going to be one of those, like, John's just going to have to interject and be like, at some point, they talked about Beffrey Jesus, so just FYI, because now I don't think it'll die. I think it's just going to live on forever. <laughs> I I would hang out with Beffrey Jesus. I don't want to hang out with Jeff Bezos. I just want to put that out there. Are we talking about the portal today, the deploy? We are. So really, I would just like like to know, what's the significance of the new Hereto deploy? What makes it different and cool? I think the place to start with this is that the world is moving towards APIs in almost every single way. And, you know, we do a couple of things with deploy. Uh, one of them is that we, you know, we produce a, a framework that you can actually create a site with. Um, and that makes it very, very easy to get an experience set up. But fundamentally with the, the deploy technology that we're um, deploying, no, that we're, that we're about to offer into the marketplace um, with Hereto as a part of Hereto Enterprise, really the fundamental thing is that it's an API. Uh, it's a really highly performant globalized API for delivering personalized knowledge content. And the reason that this is, this is key is that everybody wants a site, like everybody wants a help site, but the future is being able to put help and knowledge and learning content in all of the places that somebody might want to access it. And the only way to get there is with an API first strategy. So, you know, when people are thinking about these kinds of technologies, you're going to end up with something that does this. And there's a couple of different ways to get there. Um, having a full stack system where it's, it's repository, which would be a CCMS typically, if you're using a structured content um, and component approach to things, and then having the API on top of it gives you a lot of flexibility. Even if you tie in other delivery mechanisms from you know, you know other vendors or other projects or home-built things, um, that API that allows you to connect directly into the repositories is going to be really, really powerful. So we think that that's a really big development. Yeah, I think one of the things that has become important when I've been discussing this with um, you know, colleagues or customers or prospects is, um, again, like Patrick said, everyone wants a site and we, sh can, we can show a site, we can show our help site, there are other sites that we can show and people are like, oh yeah, that's great. But the, the initial question is like, what makes that different than some other help site? And it is the API. I mean, that is, it's the entire thing is built around the API framework. So the front end that we show people we try to remind them this is just it's just a layer over on top of the api itself and, and the api is what's doing all the heavy lifting and you can do really really interesting and cool things with that api so some of the the detail type things are like if you want to pull a particular help topic from the ccms you can pull it on demand and you can use different elements such as a resource id and pull that topic on demand and traditional more traditional context sensitive help implementations require all of that content to be created the same way we would now you tag it appropriately and then transform it into html and then it needs to be stored um, with the application that it's going to be served up in which is a lot of overhead and it means republish every time have the, the team store that content somewhere but with the api you can make those calls on demand and that system can retrieve it on demand and it doesn't have to save it locally it all just stays in hereto 
and gets pulled out when it needs to be, which is pretty and, cool. And that, and, and that has that has all kinds of implications for like release cycles and like ability to integrate and all those kinds of things. So like as you think about, you know, when we're looking more towards like a composable future, uh, which I don't think we probably talked about that much on this podcast, but it's a really interesting topic. Um, and when I say composable, I don't mean in the sense of like authoring. Uh, composability is something that is like more of a business term at this point. So it's the idea that you're going to be able to uh, assemble, you know, business value applications from like modules of functionality. Um, when you're thinking about, you know, how you go down that road, you really need to be able to access content in a componentized and composable way as well. So if you're doing a traditional publishing mechanism, which is like, you're going to like kind of monolithic things, even if you're doing it through an API, it's like, this is our help site, right? That's going to be difficult to support in like a truly composable future. So if you have anything which is, you know, directly associated with functionality and it's reassembled into something else, being able to grab content and modify it on the fly. So the personalization is a really big aspect of this from an API makes this all very, you know, much, much more scalable, much, much more capable. Because if you're, if you're going, you're publishing into all these things, trying to keep that all, like trying to keep all that stuff in line is just not possible. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, when you're, if you want to think about deploy, ask yourself this very basic question. Do you want to be the Nickelback of the help system world? Or, or do you want to be like, you know, Mozart or Beethoven? Those are your options here. See, I, I thought, I thought, I thought we were starting with a, <laughs> with a, with a football analogy there, but then I realized. <laughs> Sorry, not yeah. I I don't. I still can't talk about football after last weekend. I'm not even a football <laughs> fan, and I can't. I'm so frustrated with last weekend. But yeah, I mean Nickelback or something you know more refined and powerful and elegant and beautiful. That's those are your options. And don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place for Nickelback. We all love Nickelback, right? Yeah, we do. Time don't we? Place. We really do. Deep down, we all have that special place in our heart. I mean, that's why some of those traditional systems will probably never, never fully sunset. But I think you've, I, I think you've like, lost a, a wide swath of our audience here, Jared. Maybe, but I and I also feel like I've really pushed that. But I'm also really satisfied with what I just did there. All right. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I think the thing to think about this is that it, as. Um, as delivery becomes more complicated and more complex and more nuanced and more audience driven, like every time you have a new situation, a new audience, a new app, a new configuration, all of these things, if you if you're doing published style content, which means that you're generating output and then you have to take that output and put it somewhere for someone to access it, it just becomes unsustainable. So there's real true limits to how much content, how personalized how specific, um, how many channels you can you can interact with, you can you know feasibly support when you're doing a published style. But if you're doing it from an API, which can dynamically give you the content you need based on what your situation is, the variables you pass in, the person's sign on, like whatever exactly it is that you're you're using to get what you want, then you can support an almost infinite number of cases. So when you really boil the whole thing down. The business value for going to an API like this is that it gives you the ability to scale up an order of magnitude or two in terms of customization, personalization, um, you know, endpoint delivery, variation, all those kinds of things. That's rad. Thank you. It is rad. 
it is pretty <laughs> rad. What you guys, you've talked about a, a lot about publishing to a help site and people want a help site. And that's, I, I've noticed that too. And I think that it's great. I've seen it. It looks really great. I use it all the time for our own Hereto, like for my own reference knowledge. What are the other ways that you think this is going to, like, what are the other ways that you can publish and and how are those going to, to change? Like, how is that going to change the way that people interact with us? Like, if you're not just using a help site, what else can you publish to and and why is that important, essentially? So this is an interesting question because I think that in a lot of ways, we're going, we haven't really figured out what of information experience really needs to be long run. And I think that one of the things we're starting to see is that the, the, the really standard cookie cutter approaches to this are probably important, but they're not the final place for most organizations. Like most organizations need the ability to deliver content really alongside their products. Historically, that was paper, right? You know, like you had a thing and you put a manual in a box. That was how you delivered content alongside your product. Um, the reality is that nobody really cares about those manuals anymore, unless, you know, maybe it's like Legos or something. Um, so, but for anything sufficiently complex, like that's just not the type of experience that people want. So now people have to figure out how to effectively deliver content alongside their products in a digital world. And I don't know that, I think there's a lot of interesting ideas out there, but I don't know that any, there's any one way to do it. I think that there's a lot of different approaches to it. And I think a lot of different organizations are trying different things, but there's no doubt that the modern customer experience needs that element. It needs to be able to deliver content in a very specific and personalized way alongside what are becoming very specific and personalized products. Um, you know, be they fully digital products or be they, um, you know, physical products. You, this is a little off topic, but you mentioned, you know, we've had manuals for a really long time. Like that's just been the standard for pretty much everything. Do you think that we are entering an era where we will constantly see evolution of that content being delivered? Like that's just how it's going to be forever. It will constantly evolve. Or do you think that we will eventually get to a new standard and then that will ride for a while? I think that the... Um the delivery will change. The delivery will evolve a lot. I think the production and the storage of that, um, I think we're pretty close to be at a, at a really, I don't want to call it a final because I, I don't think it's final, but we're at, we're at a really close stage for the content creation, storage, management, all of that to be very, very mature, a very mature process that works and is scalable. I think the actual, the actual delivery of the content that is produced and managed in, in that mature way will consistently evolve but it's because that evolution is is possible because of that content type storage management and the systems that are underlying that yeah i basically agree with that um i think that i think we're reaching a level of at least maturity and understanding of how it is that we design and build our content um and then you know so i love that quote like the future is always here it's just not even already here it's just not evenly distributed um so when we say we're reaching a level of maturity, what we mean is that there is a level of maturity in existence and some people are using it. Um, I don't think that, I think the vast majority of uh, information that should be developed inside of a more structured, uh, well-organized method probably isn't. So this isn't to say that, you know, we're reaching kind of like, you know, the uh, the 
the right side of the bell curve in terms of adoption. Um, but I do think that from like a technical perspective, like we're getting to the point where like we kind of understand the basic ways this stuff should work. I think there's, I do actually think there's still some open questions, but that's not a tangent for now. Um, so that said, on the delivery side is, is, you know, as Jared noted, I, I think there's a lot of room for evolution. But at the same time, I don't know that the evolution is going to be like these big broad stroke things. So if you kind of look back over like the evolution of, of content delivery, you know, call it over the last, I don't know, 50 years. So really basically paper. Um, and then we moved through an era that, um, you know, you could, you, you could potentially have forgotten about where you actually did it through CDs, um, some other physical medium. And then we eventually got to the web and you had, you know, these websites, which were not that great. Um, and then you started having multiple web properties and like things that became like web experiences. Um, and then you had systems which were really designed more as like portals where like, you know, they were just, um, the, there were those types of experiences you had on the web. Um, you have mobile apps that come in and, you know, it's also web, but it's, it's a little bit different along the way. You've also got things like ebook and like other kinds of outputs. So there's a lot of different ways this all, this all comes together. And I think that what you'll see is that a lot of these things will stay. So like, are we always going to have, and then even kind of like help sites, right? Like you have knowledge bases, you have learning sites, you have things which are micro learning, you've got LMS, LMS systems, you've got, um, what was the one I was going to, developer portals. Um, you've got like all these different purpose built things that kind of fall into the broad, the broad spectrum of like knowledge and help. And I think that those things will be, will continue to be deployed, but for each individual company, I think that it really comes down to, okay, we have these big blocks that we can lay into place. You know, we need a good, high quality, personalized help site. If we have APIs, we need a developer portal. Um, if we want to have asynchronous onboarding and we have a sufficiently complex product or something else, well, then we need a learning experience. And it's like clunk, 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 right? Like there are these, these big things that fit in here. And then once they, those things are in place, they hope that they have built this in such a way where these things are all API connected. And the next thing, which is not as big, it's, you know, it's more um, nuanced. There's like these smaller pieces you start putting on top and it's like, okay, do we need, you know, a true um, like micro learning strategy that is app based? Do we need some type of a strategy that is Slack based? You know, do we need a delivery method, which is chatbot? Like maybe we have 10 chatbots. We have one in this product. We have one on Slack. We have one for this, like blah, 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 like those types of things. So you start to be able to like pick off the next layer of experiences that are really going to be additive. And I think that's the type of evolution. But I don't know that there's going to be, I don't know what, I mean, until we have like really true, like we have contacts in our eyes that like, you know, are like give us full augmented reality. I mean, I don't know what the next like big, the big block would be. I think those things are largely in place. Yeah, and I think those small blocks are really important. And you know, the the APIs that we were talking about, you know, at the beginning, the API that's driving um, deploy is is a powerful level of API that allows for things like connecting to Slack, connecting to all these other things. It makes all these different things possible. You know, assuming those those companies have built APIs as well, um, APIs really form the backbone of all of this. So, you know, good API development is going to be driving all of these, whether they're, you know, these micro steps, micro evolutionary steps, or these macro steps, I think APIs are going to drive all of that. Yeah. I mean, like that's, you know, like James, um, wow. I almost, I almost said James Bezos, Jeff Bezos, 
Jeff basically. Have you guys, did you guys hear the story about um, Amazon? They're trying to get into gaming, I guess. And they came up with this like open world game and you can name your character. And there's all these iterations of Jeff Bezos that people were trying. And they were like, they were like, they were like whack-a-moling these as they were going through. And then so somebody, somebody it had the name, um, <laughs> Beffrey Jezos. <laughs> like Beffrey Jezos is just like one of the funniest things I've ever heard. So anyways. <laughs> oh man so um so what's this email that he sent out so he uh, he famously sent this email and i mean this is a long time ago now this is like 15 years ago Mm -hmm. where the the i mean i'm not going to get this right obviously exactly but the moral of the story was all app teams must now provide their on all forms of interaction with their app through an api thank you wow love jeff um beffrey and this is what spawned AWS. Wow. This was like the, you know, cause they were like, you know, wow. So like, and I'm probably getting a lot of details in this wrong, but the point is that, you know, the people who are forward thinking realize that APIs are, are coming. And obviously, um, Beffrey is extremely forward looking. <laughs> Content rules, but it can be a lot. I'm sure you've noticed that a lot of these topics are connected, but our short podcast episodes barely scratch the surface. Have no fear, because in the description, we have links to videos, blog posts, and other information that help shine some light on some of the more intense, murky topics. In no time, you're going to have a little bit better idea about structured content and enterprise content strategy. Hope you enjoy.